Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Hi, everyone. I'm Teresa Heal, and I want to thank Chris Platty for talking about Young Living Essential Oils. So I'm going to talk about a few of them myself. We have Thieves Essential Oil, and it supports a healthy immune function and may contribute to overall wellness when taken as a supplement, which is our Thieves Vitality line. We have Peppermint. It's fresh and energizing. You can diffuse it in the room while you're studying to improve your concentration, which is great. Then we have lemon, which also aids in concentration, especially wonderful aid for children who are struggling with school or have learning challenges. Those are just a few. So if you have any questions, contact TeresaHeal at Comcast.net. T-H-E-R-E-S-A-H-E-A-L at Comcast.net. Thanks. Have a great day. And thanks, Chris. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Strictly Hip Hop. As always, I'm your host, Chris Platty, and coming to the podcast for the first time. So the last episode, I had one half of the On Deck TV podcast. This episode, I had to follow it up and get the other half, maybe the better half. We'll find out. My guy, Spike Lou. How you doing, man? What up, Chris, man? How you doing? How you doing? Uh, good, man. Good, man. Just uh, staying busy, man. I was, I, I was telling Animal Brown this. I was like, I, I think I've the way I have my schedule set up is I'm recording like 10 reviews within the next like seven or eight days. Like it's, it's great. It's album season out here, man. With so much music coming out, man, it reminds me of like the no limit days. You know, I came up in that era right there. So the one album every two weeks that you got to check out Kanye. If, if I hate him for anything, I do give him credit for like bringing this feeling back. But yeah. when hip hop was like every other week, there was something you needed to check out. So I definitely know what you mean. Yeah, man. Because me and my friend, uh, you know, and I talked about this on on the on the last podcast I did with the Nas, which will be up by the time this is up. Um, we I talked about how me and me and my friend Chris Chris Adams, who's been on the show quite a few times now, he mm-hmm. um, we have a tradition where every Thursday night we we get together, we chill, and we and we listen to the we listen to all the releases when they drop. And so it's like. Um, and, and you know we kind of got busy schedules, but you know we we try to always make that make that time make that day work. And uh, you know lately it's been like it's been like this for this last month. It's been like all right, we can't miss this week. We can't miss this week. You know, yeah, what I'm getting backlog. You're like, man, I gotta check this one out, but I gotta check this one out. That's how it was this weekend, 100. percent Yeah, but that that's the thing too, because like the Nas thing, which not to get into that whole thing, but that was <laughs> that was a whole thing in of itself. You know. 
Nas album the wasn't done. <laughs> you know, um, and then and then of course Jay Z and Beyonce had to drop out of nowhere as well. And you know, man, it it keeps us on our toes. You know, one hundred percent. But um, all right, so we are here to review J Rock's Redemption, the TDE OG. So if you don't know J Rock, I'm gonna give a quick little background here. He's from Watts. Uh, he's again the TDE OG. He was the first member of the of the crew that you all know: Kendrick Lamar, SZA, Schoolboy Q, Absol, um, Isaiah Rashad, all them. Uh, J Rock was the first artist signed there of that group. Signed in all the way back in 2005. Um, in the early years, TDE signed merger contracts with record labels like Warner Brothers Records, and then um, after that fell through uh, Tech Nine Strange Music label. And uh, during that time, there was a run of uh, a mixtape rock released, and then he released his debut album, uh, Follow Me Home, in 2011, which featured two of his biggest songs in his career at that moment, All My Life featuring Lil Wayne, which is referenced on the album, and Hood Gonna Love It. And those were, those were basically his two breakout songs at that point. Um, the Lil Wayne track was actually recorded all the way back in 2008, but um, because of delays and stuff, J-Rock didn't get the album till 2011. And uh, Rock also has kind of had a resurgence, if you will, with the with the breakout feature on Kendrick Lamar's uh, track Money Trees off Good Kid, Mad City. That got him a lot of notoriety. And um, he never followed up, though, with a full project until 2015, which he, when he released uh, 90059, which was an album that, that I personally I personally enjoyed, um, but it definitely had its limitation. It was met with kind of lukewarm criticism, uh, lukewarm critical acclaim, and you know now we're here three years later, 2018, J Rock's album Redemption. So Spike, I'll start with you first, man. Uh, what were your initial expectations of this project coming in? Well, you mentioned um, Money Trees, and that's when I first kind of got a wind of mm-hmm. I was a J-Rock fan. I, I was familiar with him when he did the Wayne uh, song and, and back in, you know, when he had those two singles out. But it, it didn't really catch, you know. Mm-hmm. Game was from really, really popular through then, so I kind of had my West Coast fix. Uh, but after that Money Trees verse, I was waiting for the J-Rock album. Like, that 90059 was, like, number one on my list for up-and-coming TD albums. And then I was disappointed. I felt like the album was, like, rushed, and we didn't get a real, like, story from J-Rock. We didn't know who he was. And I feel like he just threw some songs together. Um, that being said, I was still a fan. I think he's, like, the second-best artist on TDE behind Kendrick. Uh, so coming into this album, I was really just hoping for a more personal story, like us getting to know him along with he had the hit. We knew that with The King Is Dead before the album came. So that was there as far as getting people to talk about. Him. So I really was hoping for him to follow it up with like just giving us who J-Rock was. And I got that from this album. It was a true redemption type story like throughout the album. Yeah, and I'm and I'm glad you brought that up because that's an interesting uh, takeaway that I think uh, I think a lot of people had that same reaction coming into this. I too was um, uh, again you were kind of more familiar than J Rock uh, with J Rock than I was before Money Trees, but I had kind of you know heard the name, but I wasn't up on everything um, everything J Rock at all. And uh, when I heard Money Trees, I was blown away, and I was like, you is. It was one of those albums I'm just I'm just heavily heavily anticipating, you know, year after year, and after a series of delays, you know, it 
it kind of came it kind of came it felt rushed tde had this weird marketing tactic where they tried to say if mm-hmm. like x amount of people pre-order it uh before this day then it'll be released uh like earlier and you know it just had all sorts of uh, messy situations and to get to your point about the music which i really loved is that yeah it wasn't um it wasn't too personal all we got mm-hmm. from it was that you know J Rock was from Watts and you know he was he was from the street, but it but it never really he didn't. There was really, no story. Yeah, there was no story. He didn't yeah. really get in depth with it like he does on this project, and so that was you know coming into this that was what I was expecting, and also I was expecting more of a kind of mainstream album because one of the things I noticed and you know and it's only because. I'm weird and I read way too much into things, but I kind of, I kind of saw the tea leaves coming when, uh, when they announced that King's Dead was going to be the lead single off J Rock's album. It had Future, it had Kendrick at the time. Again, we didn't know what version, we didn't know we were going to get a different version or not of King's Dead, but still with that. And then, um, and then it was announced that the album was going to be, it was kind of like a thing in fine print, but it was something that caught my eye was that Interscope was actually backing this album. So I mm-hmm. was like, okay, so J-Rock got the bag for this project. So, exactly. So, so they I threw knew, the whole thing at him. Yeah, and so I knew coming in, I'm like, okay, th- this makes sense now. Now I, I can see that they're going to, they're going to give this as th- this is going to be J-Rock's album that the whole TDE force is going to be behind. They're, then they're going to have the Interscope push as well. And they're going to really say, okay, J-Rock, you've been here from the beginning. You're the OG. This is your this is your time to shine, you know. And right. so so I knew that was coming. And again, as far as like a, a hopeful aspect, I was hoping for, like you said, just more personal, um, just more, just more personal because I didn't really come away from 90059 knowing any more about j-rock than i did before <laughs> it, you know? exactly like it, it was like almost back in the day when people would go almost uh, press runs for their album and then you read about them in the magazine and all the interviews are the same you get the same questions over and over i feel like that was 90059 like yeah i knew all of this stuff already i already knew you were a great rapper just give me some more and i kind of feel like we got that on redemption yeah. All right. Well, without further ado, man, let's jump into some tracks. Uh, I'll let you let's kick it off. It. I'll, I'll let you kick it off. What's the first track you want to highlight off here? Uh, for what it's worth, number two on the album. I love the sample. Uh, I'm that type of music guy. I like mm-hmm. the slow down sample, old school feel as far as on the hook. And then just like a, an emotional bars, emotional 16s is really giving you a perspective of him as a person, as a rapper, I think for what it's worth is maybe my favorite song on there. Hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, I find that, I find that interesting that it's, that it's your favorite. I love it. Um, again, for all the reasons you just stated, the introspection of, of J-Rock on here is probably the best on this album, which is something that I'm sure we'll talk about throughout this podcast is just the level of introspection um, that he has on this on this project. And this right here is probably his best. Um, I love the hook as well. Um, and I love the way it follows the intro so perfectly. The intro comes in with so much energy and force. And it's, yeah. you know, it, and it's kind of a I'm here, you know, be, beating my chest type record. <laughs> and then and then you get to this and it's more open. And um, one of the things one of the things that caught me right away. And this is something that, again, will be 
something that I that that is throughout the album that I think makes a big difference is I heard J Rock you know refer to you know say Johnny and I was like you know of all the music <laughs> I've heard Johnny. from J Rock I've never heard him use his actual like government name before so that kind of yeah. let me know what we were getting into and you know what to me the small things like that really stood out on the album they gave you they voided that feel that we didn't get from um, his last album that we were speaking of if you say the east side johnny stuff or when he's talking to kendrick later on we'll get to the wild freestyle when he said take it back to when top had the red charger even though we didn't know them then that kind of adds the depth to the story it kind of adds to the brotherhood of tde it kind of adds to the lore of top dog and like you said, when he's able to do that, just with small like little phrases like that, it just adds that much more to the album. Yeah, ex- exactly. I'm I'm a hundred percent with you. That's a that's a great point that you brought up. Um, I yeah, again for for what it's worth is is a great track. Um, it follow it follows um, it kind of follows too lately. Um, TDE's been kind of uh kind of doing this with the, a lot of their releases and that. You know, there's there's an energy punch in the beginning, and then it immediately simmers down into a slower, softer song, and it kind of and it kind of um, you know helps with the sequencing of of the project. And for what it's worth, was um, just the, what it was um, where it was placed. You know, right after that intro track, just made a lot of sense. And you know, it's those little things that when I'm going back to listen to a project, you know, not only is it just can you make you know x amount of great songs it's can you um can you make something that consists that makes sense you know does this whole body of work make sense are these tracks good individually but are but are greater when they're when they're together you know and that and that's how i feel about this record i 100 percent agree with you and i'll even go one up to say TDE, I feel like they do that as a label. It it never really feels like forced or like they're jumping out of the window to get sales or things of that nature. If we we can even not speak of rap and speak of SZA, I'm not a big Mm -hmm. R and B fan myself, but her whole rise and in the popularity that she had, it was so organic. And you get that from Kendrick as well. You get that from Schoolboy, even with Ab Soul. Like these people have their niche fan bases, but like you said, the songs are good individually, and the stories fit together so well. It's like not one's over here doing this, one's over here doing this. Like it's all like a fraternity almost or a brotherhood, and that really stands out, and it makes you want to buy in to TDE. It's like they they carry themselves like a boutique label, but they probably have like the biggest star in the game with Kendrick Lamar. You know? Right. Yeah, and and that that's an interesting point. Um, you know, it kind of. It it kind of um, and I don't mean this in a bad way because I think this connotation is sometimes used negatively, but it almost gives you it almost like creates characters that you can like kind of buy into. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And 100%. and that really helps um, when you buy into. I mean, I mean, how many people? Pretty much everyone on this planet, their favorite artist, they're buying into them for for a, not just the music for the personal reasons too. There's some exactly. type of personal attachment. And so TDE smart in that way. But um, one of the records I want to highlight is so for what it's worth was about, you know, J-Rock from a younger perspective. Um, mm-hmm. And and I love also too. I love also the, the, the second verse he had about about just relationships with women, too. 
but I wanted to jump to Redemption, which was my favorite kind of introspective J-Rock on here. Um, I know I said mm-hmm. for what it's worth is probably the best um, over overall, uh, but I like this one more, number one, because I'm a big SZA fan, and her hook, um, there's just so many reasons I love it. Not only is it just SZA, I love her singing, but also, you know, I'm, I'm sure you were reading the same reports I was that, you know, there was rumors that she had permanently, uh, you know, damaged her voice Lost and her everything. Voice. And this, and and then just to hear her, because this is the first time we've heard her since those reports. Now, who knows how far back this was recorded, but um, but it coincided with pretty much right around this time, SZA announcing that she hasn't permanently lost her voice, and that she is recovering and she'll and she'll be back and everything. And so that, as a as a fan of SZA's, really um, amplified the record too. But um, Redemption yeah. too is for what it's worth. We talked about kind of how it was how it was from a past perspective and and again to kind of establish where i was i was kind of a a, a j-rock fan from money trees forward right so that story was before my time so it was something that i learned and i appreciated but this was redemption was a story about the about the whole motorcycle incident and the -hmm. the very near-death experience that he had and um that was something that i remember i i still remember to this day where i was at what i was doing when i when i read that on Twitter and, um, and and social media was blowing up about it. And, um, and, and, you know, so I, I vividly remember that moment. So this was the story that I was, I knew coming into this album that he was going to address it. Um, just by the title redemption, you know, you, I, I, I assumed that there was going to be a, 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 a strong level of introspection on this project, which is what we got. And, um, you know, this is the title track. And so I knew this. So I kind of figured this would be the one that um, that addressed it. And so this was the one that coming into this first listen, I was really excited. It had SZA. It had the title track. I always I always think the title tracks are are meant to be of significant importance, along with the intro and the outro. Those are usually tracks that that carry a lot of weight in the grand scheme of the of, of the project. And so, um, so yeah, I, I really loved, I, I loved the story. I loved the bars that he gave on it. And it was just a, it was a really dope moment that was very personal for, um, and as somebody who's trying to learn about J-Rock, trying to, um, you know, get more out of just J-Rock than being a, a street rapper who's a very talented MC, you know? Yeah, I definitely agree. And it made me remember the accident, you know, not Mm -hmm. to say that, I had forgot, but you know, you kind of put it to the back of your head, like, oh yeah, he did have the accident, but it, it, it made you remember how much that it did actually impact him and, and his trajectory. So, pretty, it's a really dope track, really yeah. dope track. Yeah, and Sizz's writing again on the hook was really um, perfect too. Just the word choices she used, uh, not yeah. only just her delivery, but just the way you know she wrote the the wins and losses, which ties so much in with the grand scheme of the of uh or the 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 grand theme rather of this project and everything um i just really i really enjoy the song this is one of those songs that from the jump became an instant favorite of mine that i will often um that i will often return back to right and it goes to like what we said before the the whole how td runs itself to put SZA on this song after the situation with her voice, J-Rock talking about the situation with his motorcycle, it just makes you feel a little bit more like you have, like you said, the, your favorite TDE person, your favorite character. And that goes a long way 
as far as longevity. And I think Jeezy may have said this one time, if I'm quoting it correctly, I would rather sell a million records 10 times than I would rather sell 10 million records one time. And that's kind of what you have with TDE. They're going to consistently have their their records that come out and a million people are going to buy them. It may not be a diamond record or what it may be, but it's going to affect that niche of people every time that it happens for a long period of time. Man, I'm so glad you brought brought up Jeezy. I get happy every time Jeezy gets mentioned because <laughs> shout out to Jeezy, the very first hip hop yeah. CD I ever bought in my life. Actually, oh, the very really? first CD. Yeah, with Stug Motivation 101. The clean version, Shit, of course. <laughs> I remember where I was when that came out. Yeah, man, that was 100%. A, me too, man. I was in I was in fourth grade playing basketball <laughs> in my driveway. <laughs> <laughs> listening to that i would i would bring it out i would bring out my little i had a little like um cd player that was like yeah. that that was also speakers at the time and um and i brought that out on the porch and i would just shoot for for hours listening to that album like on repeat <laughs> it blew my mind when i listened to when i listened to the explicit version by the way <laughs> i bet it did and i bet that jesus had to jump start right <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah for sure for sure yeah. um but all right, w- without further ado, I'll, I'll let you get to what's what's the next track you want to bring up? Oh, uh, man, I, I'm always here for a J. Cole verse. Uh, so that OSOM, I loved it. The out of sight, out of mind. Like, mm-hmm. I'm here every time J. Cole is grabbing the microphone to rap. I feel like he's one of the most interesting, interesting artists in the game. So, like, any verse that I could get with him, I'm there for it, like I said. And then to combine it with J. Rock, I love those two going uh, – Back and forth together, out of sight, out of mind, a perfect feature for someone like Cole. And I really like the subject matter that he had on it. And I, I, I can kind of see both of these guys being out of sight, out of mind guys. So the song makes a lot of sense as well. Yeah. Um, did you happen to see the music video yet? I have not. I didn't know they had a video for it. Oh, yeah. yeah. It got uploaded, I believe, yesterday. And um, I, ju- I just actually watched it this morning um, because I, I knew it dropped yesterday. Oh, and- uh, it was really good. Um, it really put a lot of, um, you know, I don't think, I, I think it made the concept of the, of the, of the song very clear if it wasn't to most people. Like if you didn't pick up on the original, uh, concept, then this, this, it it was really just a story about, you know, how, um, and it even had skits in it too, you know, which was really entertaining. So that, uh, yeah. so basically in the, in the video, Cole, and J Rock had um, had robbed somebody, and um, it was okay. caught on camera. And so basically, you know, they're kind of dealing with the they're kind of dealing with the the repercussions. So the next day, it kind of shows them each walking through the street. And you know, every time you know he turns a corner, like J Rock, there's this scene where this lady, um, you know, pulls up with a car and gets out. And he and he gets he goes to grab the burner and he's and he's ready to he, you know he's ready to fight, yeah. but it's it's an old lady going to a drugstore you know and it's uh. like and it's just um so it, it was a very brilliant brilliant um video and, and it kind of had a very the, predictable you just sold ending. the hell out of it too so I'm definitely yeah. gonna check that out after we get done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, th- thanks, man. I try, <laughs> I try. You know, give me... <laughs> but um no, it was uh it was a really cool video and you know honestly. In, in the most unfortunate ways, um, it really almost hits home even more with the recent X situation, which was, again, like a way different situation. Again, we don't know 
you know, if this was a cold-blooded murder, if it was a robbery, what it was. It seems like it was just a robbery, um, but we we don't really know at the moment the full story right. of that. But but again, I, I, I saw a lot of people like Charlemagne and other people um, talking about how when with X's uh, passing that, you know, it's kind of the way it's it's kind of it, it it can it can be a repercussion of the way you of your decision making not necessarily that you know he did something to the person who killed him but necessarily but basically the energy you put out is the energy you get back um, yes sir kind of, i said kind that of in thing. my podcast tuesday okay okay dope dope and um yeah i still got i still got to listen to that um <laughs> but um you know i'm 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 halfway through we we talked about that before you know i got yeah. <laughs> i got to wait till the review is done to listen to your guys review but um but yeah um so so yeah, yeah it kind of really hits home what's that i say yeah i'm a firm believer in that with the energy that you put out there it, it definitely comes back and like i said i'm not sure what the guys from this generation will take from it but i hope that it's something in which they move a little bit more carefully and see that like the repercussions are they're real you know what i'm saying like and to to circle it back around to someone like j-rock one of the things that i appreciate about him as an artist and just the whole west coast scene is you can tell the level of respect that they have for the streets and mm-hmm. not to play around with things that they shouldn't like just be playing around with and 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 not to say that there's some big gangsters or whatnot but you get a lot of guys from over on the west coast that play around with the gang culture and then it's migrated and a lot of other cliques play around with the gang culture these guys take that very seriously almost like business like and you can tell that it comes off in their aura when they're speaking so go to someone like a Nipsey Hussle who's clearly gang affiliated, but he didn't put the energy out that someone like a triple X puts out where you can even go to a Snoop Dogg. Mm-hmm. Note, note it with the Crips and those guys are not putting energy out there. At least Snoop Dogg, not anymore as to say, Hey, I'm this big gangster and I want to live this life. Cause when you do that, people are going to challenge you. Like Jay Prince said it on the breakfast club, you're going to campaign so hard at some point somebody's gonna nominate you right yeah and that and that's that's a brilliant point that you that you bring up is just the the level of difference and that's why as a fan i've always said this on multiple podcasts that i i enjoy west coast rap traditionally speaking i enjoy west coast rap the most out of any out of any region i've always kind of been drawn to that and and it's been that level of intro not not only um respect but introspection too because they also a lot of times will explain it through the music it's not just the way you know it's not just them um it's not just them rapping from a perspective of they respect the streets it's why we respect the streets exactly you know it's really gone into depth and you know and and that's what i love about this record so maybe one thing we should have talked about earlier about this record was that you know it kind of takes place in um in in essentially the timelines around 2003 um mm-hmm. or 2008 i mean when uh when he released the the single with lil wayne because he actually references that in right. in the track and you know but he he's got the lil wayne single so he's so he feels like he's popping but he's still in the streets and yeah. that's one of the things that like atlanta the show does great not to get off into a whole nother subject but <laughs> they they do a great job of showing how like you can have a hit record and still not be you know economically 
economically safe and have to still be in the streets almost. And, exactly. Um, so so J-Rock's in that situation, that little kind of no man's land almost, if you will, and um, where, where he's one foot in, one foot out of each of each, you know, area. And um, so so it's kind of just dealing and how he navigates through that. And that, again, is such an interesting story because as a as a fan of J-Rock, you know, I'm not here to just hear about the motorcycle accident. Like I didn't <laughs> want 12 tracks of, you know, of, you know, crashing your bike. I wanted. You're right. Exactly. You know, I wanted who is J-Rock. And so it all kind of leads up. And that's what I love about where redemption is placed is it, it's replaced towards the end. It's not one of the first things he talks about, even though that's probably coming into this album, one of the biggest talking points for him, right, is is this right. is this whole near-death experience. But, you know, it builds to it. And, again, that's, that goes to everything we've said throughout this podcast, the, the sequencing, all of that, the storytelling, all of that. But um, one of the things I wanted to mention about this record, too, and I wanted to see if you felt the same way, because, you know, you're interested in Cole like I am. So Cole really delivered on this song. And you could tell um, you could tell he he made this, at least the impression that I took away was that he definitely made this in the same creative space as when he made KOD with the rhyme schemes, the content of the verse. Um, oh, 100%. You know, everything about it, the mentioning of the drugs and stuff. Like J. Cole, you know, really before KOD hadn't really mentioned a lot of drug talk, really. And, um, yeah, so, you know, the, he starts with the promethazine and all that. And so I'm like, okay, you know, and he's talking about the plug and everything. And then just, again, the way he's rapping is very, uh, you know, modern and today, today style, um, today style rhyme schemes. So, um, so yeah, so I, I, that was another takeaway I thought is that, um, he really, um, J-Rock kind of grabbed him at the perfect time. I agree 100%. And he hit with the like mental health drugs as far as like Zoloft and Sandys and, mm-hmm. and and that nature. So I do agree. It's, it's right there with the kids on drugs theme that he had for KOD. Um, I, I just think Cole did a great job. He's going to bring it. I hope we hear more from him as far as him and J Rock together or even just the, the whole black hippie crew as a whole. One thing that I did take away from this song, ironically, even though J. Cole isn't in TD, it's the collab album phase. I wish we had had something from TD as a whole, maybe mm-hmm. the uh, whole Black Hippie or even that J. Cole and Kendrick Lamar album. Yeah. I just feel like the, a, a collab where we get to hear the whole camp consistently would be dope. Yeah, and, you know, I think... I, I think that that's something that we've all wanted for a very long time, but it's something it, it's something that you're right. Had things maybe played out, like had had Kendrick and Cole been established establishing themselves now instead of you know years back, maybe we right. would have got it because we're in a more collaborative space than we have been in the history of hip hop. One hundred percent in recent years. So you know, uh, I mean, we saw. I mean, how many. EPs and you know whatever did we see in those last couple months of the year it seemed like everybody was like all right you know you got eight beats let's throw something together or something you know what whatever it was very you know it was very quick and very um you know and and I think Kendrick and Cole would do it differently but um but yeah that that same that that whole collaboration mentality is more acceptable and more um open now than really ever before so that's a good point agree 100% all right, man. You want to get into your uh, last track? You want to bring up? 
Yep, my last track I'm going to break up is Troopers. I think Troopers did really well as far as breaking the monotony of bars, bars, bars. Uh, it gave a little melody, a cadence. Where I think J-Rock did a great job of showing his versatility on here. So Troopers is another one of my tracks that stuck out to me as far as, hey, I, I like what you did here as far as adding and then giving us some more different from just, like I say, bars, bars, bars when you're rapping. Especially that's what you're going to expect from someone like J-Rock. You know what I mean? You're not mm-hmm. expecting him to go in there and kind of give you the melody and cadence. And I think the... All of the stuff that he did in there shows you his potential as an artist, especially on this song or even with King is Dead. It takes it away from if you're not the lyrical, miracle, appreciative person and you are only here for the melodies and things of that nature that, hey, I can do this, too. This is a part of my repertoire. This is a part of my catalog. And he did a very good job on that in here. Yeah, on the I agree. Track. I, I agree, man. Um, hundred percent. You pretty much had everything I wrote down about it. That you know, essentially, <laughs> the biggest takeaway for me is that, and and this is common throughout the project, but this song really is a is one that really hits it because this is one of my favorite melodies on the project. But um, but it it really just shows the improvement, and it really gives um, because I know there's a lot of people that enjoy bars, but they don't want to be barred to death. Like they're not here for just the melodies, but they, right. but, but they also, it's nice if it's nice that they, that they get those too, you know, they want a kind of a, a healthy balance almost. And so Troopers is that record, um, very much so. And I just, I love that, um, to be honest, that whole sequence of, uh, of, um, what's the song before Troopers? I'm drawing a blank. The one before Troopers is King's Dead. Yeah. King's Dead. So like um, starting from King, starting from King's Dead on is kind of like it, it's that it's it's really a a, a pacing uh, of the album that I wasn't really sure because it for some reason Troopers and Broke didn't sit with me the first first couple of times. So I thought okay these are cool, but am I really returning to these? Then I listened to uh, then I listened to them a couple more times. And I was like yeah I'm definitely returning to these records, um, especially Troopers. It's it's really grown to be one of my favorite melodies on the whole, um, on the project as a whole. Would you Would you agree with that? One hundred percent. I think he did, and, and it it wasn't trying too hard either. It wasn't yeah. one of those where you're like, why is he even trying this? He's not that type of artist. It sounded good as far as coming from him. It wasn't unauthentic. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into let's get into trying too hard. Uh, let me transition okay. to one of my songs, and that's tap out. Um, yeah. <laughs> You know, if I'm being if I'm being totally open and objective, it's not a terrible song, but it's just not the J Rock I'm here for, and I'll always um, and I find myself um, always skipping it throughout the um, if I like if I'm just throwing the album on, I don't usually throw albums on shuffle. If I if I throw an album on, I just play it um, through, through and I skip and I and I'll skip a track if I want to, but I don't shuffle it. Um, I kind of just let this this sequence play because there's a reason, you know. Again, like we talked about earlier, there's a reason why the tracks are in the order they're in, uh, for the most part. And so, Tap Out is one though that always fucks up the flow of the album for me because Rotation One Twelve is one of my favorites, and then Out of Sight, Out of Mind. So it's stacked right in between there, and it just it always feels like you know. And you talked about how TD never really reaches, and I wouldn't necessarily go as far as to call it a reach, maybe. Uh, but 
it definitely um it definitely doesn't feel it, it doesn't really feel like it belongs not only just between those two <laughs> records but between you know, any two records on this project yeah i agree with you man and it's gonna sound kind of like um one your cake and eating it too because we sit here and we talk about how much we want him to be personal and we want to more, know more about the story and of course you know relationships are a part of that for everyone in life <clears throat> excuse me but i agree with you man i just didn't want to hear this from jay rock like it didn't strike me as the story that he wanted to tell uh, it didn't strike me as a story that came off he was comfortable with telling you know so I would even go as far as, yeah, it is a reach, and it's not something that TDE usually does. So I do skip it 100%. I would have preferred it been a 12-album song. I mean, excuse me, a 12-track album, and they could have removed that totally. Or my only way to save it, in my opinion, is to add something besides Jeremiah on the hook. I don't think that he's strong enough on the R&B tip to hold it down as far as if I'm going to listen to a song like this from J-Rock, I really need that R&B guy to kill that hook. Like, I need him to murder that. And Jeremiah, to me, is not capable of doing so. I'm going to go with the Ty Dolla Sign or, um, I mean, Mm -hmm. just just something in that vein, just more sing-songy, somebody that can really bring home that feeling that I want you to feel on a record like this. I don't think Jeremiah does a great job and that on top of the uncomfortableness that you hear from J-Rock. Yeah, man, a hundred percent. I'm so glad you brought that up because that was something that now that you say it, it's like, wow, I've been feeling the exact same thing and I just haven't been able to put it into the right words. But, uh, but yeah, it, it just, if you're going to go the kind of the, the popish uh, route or the mm-hmm. pop route, whatever you, however you want to phrase it, um, right. If if you want to go that route, then you have to make sure, like with me, because I, I I love I, I don't listen to all R and B, but I love good R and B. Like I'm right. a real big fan of R and B when it's great. And so um, so so if if you absolutely murder that hook and give me no choice but to not skip it, like even if it's a song where I'm just waiting for the hook, then I then I probably won't skip it. You know, like if if the hook right. is delivered that well, and that to me, it, it it's it's I agree with you. It's it's not, and so that's kind of where the where the record falls short. And you know, and, and bringing up a guy like Ty Dolla Sign is interesting, or you know, some one a bigger uh, a bigger baby better R and B singer on this record mm-hmm. would would have helped a lot. And you know, you got to think that TDE had it in the budget because I mean they pulled off oh, Jay of Cole on here. They you know. Like, I don't know. I mean, they probably don't have to worry about getting Kendrick on an album. That's not an issue. But, right. You know, they have, but like getting like guys like Cole and stuff and, and, you know, you got the Interscope bag and everything. So I would have thought, you know, that they could have gone the route of somebody. I So so my takeaway is that they just kind of had faith in that, in that hook, um, essentially. Cool. Because I think they were, I think they were going for the the what what we're saying. Um, they fell short of is that they were going for the song that just had the the um, incredible hook that you couldn't ignore. I think that's what they right. were going for. It just it just fell short, and I think they believed in it more it just than didn't hit. we did. Yeah, it just didn't hit. Yeah, one hundred percent. But yeah, and and I mean honestly, to kind of bring up a point I had earlier about it being between rotation one twelve and out of sight, out of mind. Like I mean realistically it, it doesn't make any sense there does it make any sense anywhere 
Really You're do. off the album. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, man. That's a good one. Um, all right. Let's jump into the last track. Uh, then we'll get into overall thoughts. So um, the Wild Freestyle. So, uh, you know, you brought it out. Um, I love it when, you know, it's just... It's got that it's got that hip hop feel where where it starts with J Rock going hey K dot and then you hear him way in yeah. the back you know yeah yeah and it it's got that hip hop feel where they're just yeah. like they're talking before they before they go in and um you, you know, can hear fun in the room yeah you hear fun in the room a hundred percent um you yeah. hear you hear that whole kung fu Kenny in the instrumental like you hear like that whole persona like you you really hear it in the beat so you're like okay this is like like as much as as much as that out of sight out of mind song was very kod like this was very uh this was very kung fu kenny like you know with yeah. the, with that kind of like that kind of like asian culture sounding like in there thrown in there and um and that kind of kung fu fighting stuff and and one of the things that i brought up is so i wasn't surprised one of the things that when I go when I go into a Kendrick feature, I'm always thinking, okay, how is he gonna tackle this? Because he <laughs> yeah. tackles a lot of songs a lot of different ways. Like, you know, like he he has a lot of sounds and a lot of styles and a lot of flows, and he almost he almost for the most part never really sounds the same on on two records. And yeah. so, coming into this, I'm wondering, and then and then when he when he starts flowing, I'm like, okay, I, I see he went kind of. This is kind of the I, and feel free to disagree or chime in if you, if you want. But the this is this is I take this as the kind of mainstream Kendrick, the way he used his voice on this and the voice and cadence that he used in the flow. And uh, so I just wanted to bounce that question to you. Um, do you, uh, do we like this mainstream style style Kendrick more or less than yeah, what he what he I would do normally like do? It. I do like it because. I feel like the the I'm a big Kendrick Lamar fan. Love the first yeah. album. Love the Purple Butterfly. Where most people, you know, either hated or loved oh. it. I loved it. I'm dying and on the hill. That's my favorite album ever. <laughs> I love it, and I know me and my co-host Animal Brown go back and forth about the he his disdain for it. And my <laughs> my thing is to answer your question. A lot of people try to use that against Kendrick Lamar as far as his creativity with using his voice and doing the different cadences and jumping in on the punch ins and the the, uh, the, the, the 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 double on the verses and all of those things. To some people, it turns them off because they just want to hear the bars. You know, they like just rap. They just want to hear the J Cole. They just want to hear like you saying what you have to say. To me. I, I appreciate it when he does this mainstream stuff where you can just hear what he has to say. But itself is I appreciate it for the critics because mm-hmm. I know that he can go in there and kill it, you know, every time. But sometimes people try to take that away from him because he plays around with his voice so much because he has the third and the fourth track where he's saying little words and going in and out and doing the kung fu styles. People would try to, you know, take away from, in my opinion, his ability because he's not going in there and giving it to you like a big Sean would, or he's not giving it to you like the other rappers that are upper echelon as himself. He's going to mix it up. He's always going to give you something that you weren't quite expecting. And to me, that adds to the artistry of Kendrick Lamar. Cause like you say, when, when you see him featured on a track, you look at it and you're like, okay, so what am I going to get this time? And you're always surprised, in my opinion. So I love that. So yeah, to answer your question, I did like the uh, 
the mainstream flow on this one just for the the critics out there, just for the people who say or forget how good he is. He reminds them every now and then with this. Hey, man, you're you're welcome on this podcast anytime <laughs> you want, because I 100 percent agree with you, man. Um, you know, with, with Tip and Butterfly, that was one of the things with Tip and Butterfly being my favorite album ever is uh-huh. like. It is, you know, that was the criticism that we all that that we all like had to deal with for years was that, okay, is, you know, um, it's Kendrick going the super artsy route. Like, you know, is this is this going to be what he's going to be? And he and and he'll and he won't get enough of the mainstream, you know, like like the the, the one thing I always want to do is like is like kind of give give us that something to prove the haters wrong and he really did that with damn because he had the records like humble that were very mainstream and right you know popped off his stuff so yeah so from it from that perspective from a selfish perspective uh i enjoyed it for that reason too and man just the bars he came with like he came with some straight hip-hop bars you know like my old school made you know reasonable doubt like i was like <laughs> oh shit like you know yeah. he 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 really he really came in on that and uh you know it was it was just again it was it was very in his voice you could i like what you talked about with the fun um you could feel you could feel the fun and the and the chemistry between the those two is always why i'm so excited um you know i know we normally get like a black hippie cut and right. i 100 percent wouldn't be mad at that and you know you could take out tap out and throw in a black hippie cut and i'm 100 percent please cool. but but uh, you know, I'm not mad at just a Kendrick and Rock track just because of the way they play off each other. Is always um, I'm always left with such a uh, I'm always left uh, satisfied when the when those two get together. One hundred percent agree. Yeah, man. but um, all right, you ready to get into some overall thoughts? Let's do it. All right, um, I'll let you kick it off. Well, what are you feeling about this album? I overall, I feel like that this was the album in which J-Rock needed to get to that next level of his career. This is a perfect foundation. We're going to scrap 90059. We're going to scrap the old <laughs> one with Wayne on the single. And this is a perfect foundation to build off of. If I'm going to do mm-hmm. a comparison or a, a trajectory in which I would like to see him go, we kind of alluded to this, and I know you haven't listened yet on our On Deck TV podcast this past week, but... I can see him taking the reins of someone like a game, you know, working, yeah. getting his personality up there. When game came out with his first uh, tr- uh, first CD, the documentary, and then that ascension that he kind of went on from there. I would like to see J-Rock take that same trajectory from here, from this Redemption album throughout the rest of his career. And I really think that what, what I've seen here with the big name features from Future and you get near J. Cole and of course you get your label mates to SZA and you get your label mates Kendrick Lamar on there and then you're able to put together a whole body of work that can hold its own on a weekend where you have titans of the game that are coming out. You got Nas, Beyonce, Jay-Z and yet people are still saying, hey man, that J-Rock is really, really dope. And to be able to do that is a great feat in itself. And I think that he can build on that. And he is going to build on that, in my opinion, especially with the strong TDE team and be one of the next stars that we have from the West Coast. Yeah, that's a, that's a very great point. Um, I love your, I love your, um, I love your comparison to the game because the game is one of my favorite artists. So again, another reason you're welcome back on this podcast. I love it. But, um, yeah, I, I, I really agree that, um, 
from a foundational aspect, this is a great start. This is a great point to kind of um, repivot, kind of recalibrate your career almost in a, in a way. And from here, kind of go to that next tier and like be looked at like it. Like if he follows up this album with another album like this, then I think he get he suddenly gets put in a new tier, than than where he than where he is now. And I think this one kind of did move him up, essentially. But uh, but I think I think it it's kind of it'll be solidified or or he could move up even another tier if he delivers an album as good as this or better. Um, right. And I, I, you know, I can't, and, and this is something we talked about earlier that, um, that really just, in, um, took me away was the introspection. Uh, again, it was what you and I were both anticipating and hoping for coming into this project. And we got it with, um, you know, the fact that he had said, Johnny, um, he said it on the song that we brought up earlier, which was for what it's worth. He brought it up on a lot of songs throughout the, I think, I think it was, it was four or five. So a good handful of songs off this project he mentions his government name and it, it shows a level of introspection. And, um, and that was really, that was really great. I, I finally feel like walking away from this, I know who J rock is. Uh, and that's, and that's a huge, that's a huge point for, um, that's a huge, like we said, selling pointer or starting point, if you will. And, you know, so I'm feeling an 8.5 out of 10, um, great album, one of the best this year. It's up there with with uh, Victory Lap, with Daytona, with all those elite releases this year. Um, it's definitely Agreed. it definitely belongs in that tier. Um, you know, its shortcomings Agreed. are very little to me. What's that? I said I agree one hundred percent. My the only shortcoming that I would have is that Jeremiah song. <laughs> right, <laughs> exactly. That's exactly where I was going. Is the shortcomings are very little. It's just my biggest issue is tap out. Um, and then other than that, man, um, you know, really, it's just like, just like these are, these are good to great, but, um, but, you know, it's not, it's not all great all the way through, you know, and that, and that's kind of a hard thing to, um, to say, cause these are, these are all good records, you know, they're just not, it's not, it's not a good kid mad city where it's great, 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 but it's got a lot of great moments on it. So it's a really overall good to great project. Um, so that's kind of, that's kind of the only thing if I'm, if I'm, you know, picking, uh, picking it apart and dissecting it. And so I'm feeling an 8.5 out of 10. What are you feeling on this album? I'm going to go with an eight out of 10. I like it. I think that there's room still for growth on another album. I think that it's a great project, like I say, to build the foundation on. And I'm going to take those two points off for the Jeremiah record. And (laughs) me personally, I'm I'm not a big fan of when as everybody else is. So that that kind of to wrap up the album wasn't really just hitting for me. A a little dope outro to wrap everything up is one of the things he could have worked on as well. But, you know, I'm nitpicking here. It was a great album. I agree with your take. Is it standing up there with Daytona and the KODs and and the Nas albums that came out? It's able to stand its own there. Uh, So eight out of ten. All right, man. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And that's interesting. You brought up win. Um, you know, and I, I talk about how important on all my podcast intros and outros are as far as albums. They really just, a, a, a bad intro or outro can really mess up the entire project. Uh, and so, yeah. so I, so I think that, uh, well, I get what they were going for with the win as an outro. I never really saw it as an outro either. Um, I would have loved for it to be a, another 
for what's it worth like outro a very um just a very close uh because i feel like almost redemption would have served as a better outro to it because it's kind of just like this is where i'm at now it it, it didn't feel like it, it felt it felt like that in a way because you know they're trying to say you know now j-rock's in a place where he's winning but it didn't it didn't come through as introspective as maybe the record hints at and um so so that was kind of another thing that i um i'm glad you brought up because that was another short small shortcoming that i had even though i personally enjoyed the record is that it didn't necessarily work for me as the best outro um right. even though it's even though it, it's a song that works for me. But um, one of the last things I want to uh, get off of it, this is, this is just something that's kind of sat with me, is um, as I listen to this project over and over again, one of the things that stands out is J-Rock getting help from Kendrick on vocals and hooks and ad libs mm-hmm. and stuff all throughout the project. So uh, my my thing is, it is um, you know, you talked about room for improvement. Um, do we... Do we think J-Rock's capable of getting to a point where he doesn't need that, where he doesn't need Kendrick to come in and do all these little harmonizing ad-libs and all sorts of things to kind of really just flesh out the project? Oh, yeah, 100%. I think that Kendrick Kendrick was almost the insurance policy, you know? Since we said we've had the two J-Rock albums that didn't work, and we know what does work with TDE, and just applying Kendrick in those places... (laughs) I feel like we're to ensure the success of the album. But now that J-Rock has kind of found more of a voice, like I spoke on uh, with the song Troopers, he's found kind of his melodic lane. Mm -hmm. I think that we'll see less Kendrick Lamar influence and more J-Rock influence, and then his influence start to trickle down to other people as Kendrick's did to him. So, yeah, I definitely think that there'll be less Kendrick influence coming up. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think this was. I think that was a great way to put it as an as an insurance policy as a whole. So, um, uh-huh. you and I are both optimistic about J Rock going forward. One hundred percent. Review. I was excited. So, what were your favorite records off here? My favorite records are gonna be. Let me go. Let me see. Again, the second one that I brought up. Let me go back to it. My bad. For what it's <laughs> out of sight, worth. Out of mind. Yeah, oh, for what okay, it's worth, it's gonna worth. be my favorite record. Out of sight, out of mind, and troopers. And if I had to choose between those three, my favorite one would be for what it's worth. Hmm. Okay. Uh, my my favorite, uh, redemption. Wow. Um, out of sight, out of mind, and rotation one twelve. If I had to pick one that I'd say I'd probably come back to the most. I think it's rotation one twelve. That's one's for sure. What I've come back to the most right now. I don't know if that's going to be the the ultimate one that lasts the test of time on this project for me. But uh, for now, yeah, I'd say I'd say in the the time it's been out since I that's been the record I've I've listened to the most is rotation one twelve. Um, so that 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 would be probably my number one favorite. Cool. Well, I, I agree with you, and I agree with both optimistic about J-Rock. I can't wait to see what comes up next from him and TDE. Hopefully that Black Hippies project. <laughs> yeah, man. We, we Keep hoping, man. Keep putting the, keep putting the positive energy out in the air. <laughs> yeah, and it'll happen. But um, in the meantime, Spike, thanks for joining me, man. Uh, it's been a, It's been an honor having you on the podcast. You know, I'm a big fan of what you guys do at On Deck TV. You guys, I was telling Animal Brown this. I can't remember if it was on air or off air, but um, so I'll say it on air again, be, just in case 
just in case so my my listeners yeah. know that you guys are are one of the very I I listen to a bunch of podcasts but of all the podcasts I listen to there's only about four or five that when they drop I don't skip I don't miss an episode <laughs> and you guys are one of them that stay in that tight rotation so you guys do great work you're one of the best hip-hop podcasts in the game Hey, I really appreciate that, man. I don't take that lightly at all. And uh, any time that you need some help or you want a guest uh, co-host to help you review these albums, I'm 100% here to do it, man. And we'll even get you on sometimes when you're down in Atlanta or we need something from uh, you guys over there. 100% need to link up and do that. Oh, yeah, man. 100% uh, Dead End Hip Hop's in Atlanta, so and that's who that's who partners with this podcast. So I'll uh, nice. 100% if I, when, I, when I make that trip to Atlanta, I'll... I'll We'll get in touch. We'll make something happen, man. Cause Time to make that road trip, baby. We'll do it. <laughs> All right, man. Let's let's do it. Um, but yeah. So thank thanks, Spike Lou, for coming on the podcast, man. Uh, why don't you go ahead and plug uh, on Deck TV and everything that you guys do? All right, appreciate it, Chris, man. Anytime, and like I said on Twitter, I am Spike Lou, and Instagram, I am Spike Lou. The show page at On Deck TV and at On Deck TV podcast. Go check us out there. Go to iTunes to subscribe. Also, um. YouTube slash realvillemedia.com. All of those. Go there. Check us out. Let us know what you think about our content. There's plenty more of it on the way. And again, thank you, Chris, man, for putting me on this uh, podcast. Let me get out to your fans. Hopefully some of them will come over and I'll send some over your way, too. Hey, man, thank you. Thank you. So if you were brought here by On Deck TV, thank you for <laughs> listening. I appreciate it. Um, I appreciate it. I'm a fan. I'm a fan as well as well as you guys are. And so you can find all my content if you liked this. Um, I have I have two podcasts, Strictly Hip Hop and Strictly Hoop Talk. One is a hip hop podcast. One is an NBA podcast. They're two separate podcasts that are done in one feed, so it's very easy to follow and stay tra- uh, keep your track of everything. And essentially, the channel is all sorts of things. It's album reviews, it's interviews, it's game recaps, it's um, it's kind of you know evergreen. Con- I got a lot of evergreen content coming up with the NBA off season, of course. You know some stuff that's just gonna kind of be like all-time, all-time players, all, all stuff like that. So just basically trying to be all-encompassing of each uh, of each subject that I'm talking about, of each topic that I'm talking about. So um, so you can find all those podcasts on Apple Podcasts or Podbean just by searching Chris Platty, uh, Strictly Hip Hop, or Strictly Hoop Talk. Any of those three keywords will work. And um, if not, you can find that on all my social medias, on the social medias, Instagram, Twitter, all that. I'm at Real Chris Platty, C-H-R-I-S-P-L-A-T-T-E. So go ahead, give me a follow. I interact with a lot of I, I interact with a lot of my viewers. And I've even had people that I that I met through Twitter on the podcast, such as you guys. So, um, so you know, you never know what the future holds, man. So 100 percent so me on the social medias. But um, thanks, Spike, Spike Lou, for coming on, man. I appreciate you. And. Until the next time, you guys guys keep up the good work at On Deck TV. All right, you too, Chris, man. I'll talk to you later. All right, man. Thanks.